What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Dad's Game Podcast. This is Joan here as always. And do check out my Twitch stream for more Legends of Runeterra related content. And so with that out of the way, let's talk about today's topic. We're going to talk about the brand new expansion that will be out. I'm not sure what the expansion is called, but I'm pretty sure it's a Shurima one. And so I'm recording this episode just as I finish playing the Southeast Asia Cosmic Creation Seasonal Tournament. That sounds pretty pretty long, right? I should just call it the Seasonal Tournament from now on. I brought a very funny lineup. I'll probably talk more I'll probably talk more about it on stream, but yeah, the result that I got was kinda expected. A part of me wanted to bring decks that I could actually enjoy playing, but in the end I just got dumpstered by a couple of decks which somehow <laughs> reminded me of what happened last season's during 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 last season's tournament, which was basically me getting dumpstered by a couple of aggro decks. With that out of the way, congratulations to everyone who has achieved five wins, because I believe that this season is the most competitive compared to the previous one. And nonetheless, I believe everyone put in a lot of effort in terms of preparation, in terms of getting everything done for the tournament. And to those of you who were pretty unfortunate could not qualify for day 2 because you have to go 5-0. Try harder for the next one. Don't give up so soon because you have to think of the long game. You're not going to win all the time. Sometimes you can lose, you have some bad days. Maybe just today happens to be the day you have a terrible day and then you scrub out and you find yourself listening to my podcast. And thank you for listening to my podcast because today's episode is going to be a great one. We're going to talk about Shurima. Because I realized when it comes to tournament, no one's really that interested about it. Most of us players, ultimately why we play the game in the first place is to have fun. And the thing is that if you're not having fun when you're playing the game, then what's the point of playing it at all, right? That's my rationale behind selecting those decks in which I brought to the tournament. And okay, I, I don't really feel too bummed out about it. I did deserve the result that I got. You know... There are some things that I did think about, he this and that, because immediately after losing the first round, in my mind I was thinking, you know what, I probably shouldn't be playing anymore because there's, it's really diminishing returns. I don't really need the prismatic cards from then on. And to factor in, I also didn't play very well. I've only had myself to blame for it. That's what, that's why I have to look forward to the next one, which is 9 rounds of Swiss in the next seasonal tournament. I know with each passing season, the qualification is going to get more... It's going to get more competitive every time. I'm not so sure what I feel about the current state of the competitive landscape. Because I did read about what Riot had to say regarding Legends of Terra. They did talk about the World Championship. They did talk about the future of the game and everything. In terms of this year, because of the global pandemic and all that, you have to understand that travel restrictions still exist. And so to actually form a competitive or to actually make a professional scene is not easy with the restrictions which exist today. We are talking about, if you want to start the scene right, if you want to start the competitive landscape right, the right thing to do is always to start with an offline LAN event. And I believe that all these seasonal tournaments with the every two months, they release a brand new expansion along with a seasonal tournament at the end of every season. It is a good approach because it really distracts a lot of players from the most important thing, which is 
this year is definitely just going to be a test year for Riot. Because, okay, let's just see from a product standpoint. I, I give you guys some perspective as myself because I'm a software engineer. You look at a product standpoint, sometimes you just want to, you know, create some fluff, create some things in between so people are distracted. And so with this seasonal tournaments and all that, I believe that the general player base are pretty distracted. And when they release a actual competitive or professional format, which is 2022, not even 2021, then everybody will be amazed. If you want to critically think about the future of this game, I can tell you that this year is to riot is nothing more than continuation, creating flashy cards. The meta-wise, sometimes they can just address it, you know. They can just nerf some cards, buff some cards. And apart from that, nobody will ever, ever be satisfied. That's why I can tell you that for this year in 2021, Riot doesn't really want to put too much resources into this game. From the overall feel of it, from the response, from the way I see things, with Valorant existing, with Legends, League of Legends existing, I can just say that Legends of Runeterra is the game where Riot is going to take it as a back burner. It's the kind of game in which, no doubt it makes money, because everything that has cosmetics in the game makes money. No doubt the, the cosmetics in Legends of Runeterra look amazing, but have you seen the sales for League of Legends and even Valorant? I don't play those games, but I can tell you that what drives the game is the cosmetics. And the thing is that, if you were to compare Legends of Runeterra to Valorant and to League of Legends, Legends of Runeterra requires one player to play the game at one time. League of Legends and Valorant requires, if I'm not mistaken, it's a team game. League of Legends, I know, is 5. Maybe Valorant is 5 as well. And an average player maybe spends $10 on cosmetics, unless some players just go free-to-play. But free-to-play is not what they want. What they want is people to play or to pay for cosmetics. And when you look at League of Legends and Valorant in a kind of economic standpoint, it is a time 5 return because League of Legends from Terra is only one player, you only can buy one thing at a time. And for League of Legends, you need to have at least 5 players to play a game. Which means that their earnings is going to be time 5. Exactly. We're talking about server space and everything, how to run the game without crashes. I'll say League of Legends has been around for a very long time, so I believe that their redundancy and all their backups are pretty amazing. As for Legends from Terra, the load isn't that isn't that catastrophic because I know how this game engine works and the rendering and all that because if they cache the thing properly it's the kind of game where it's very easy to run and so I'll say for Legends of Runeterra it's very very tough for you to break out of it I believe that you can get an audience base if you stream and that's the issue if you're not streaming you are not going to make it very far for this game and when it comes to streaming I still believe that anybody can get started and gain a viewership as for me, I'm currently at 200 followers after close to 2 months of consistently streaming, which is not a very bad deal. And for my advice, I would say that if you want to actually turn this thing into an actual career, you have to think far. You have to start by streaming. In terms of the game actually taking up speed and actually becoming an actual game that people actually want to watch, that's tough. That is tough on its own. Because you can be one of the bottom streamer for a popular game you're still gonna have more views than an average most watched Legends from Terra streamer so that's one thing you have to note and that's probably the, the introduction for today's podcast so TLDR is 2021 is not gonna be a very big year for Legends from Terra it's just gonna be fluffs it's just gonna be fireworks to distract you guys the main thing is gonna start in 2022 $20,000 a month for each shot is nothing to riot $80,000 every month, they, every two months they give out is 
peanuts to the amount that they're making with Legends of Terra, or they're just overall Legends of Terra uh, ecosystem, how they make money with the cosmetics, all that. That's why I can say that. Uh, just carry on playing, guys. 2022 will be the big year. And that's all I have for the introduction. So let's just talk about the uh, Shurima cards. I'm having trouble talking today because I have two ulcers in my mouth. One on my lip, one on my tongue, at the back of my tongue. So I think I sound a little bit off today. But I hope you guys can bear through it and just listen all the way because we're going to start with the first thing that is going to be released with the Shurima thingy. Known as Countdown. So Countdown is a brand new mechanic. It is round start. Countdown 1. At 0, destroy me and activate the countdown effect. So when you look at it, it reminds me a lot about final countdown in Yu-Gi-Oh! In fact, it's very reminiscent of it. The thing about countdown is, I do know that there are ways to expedite it, make it faster. Because realistically speaking, if you are going to play countdown, it's going to take them long, man. I'm just telling you that. It's turn 10. When you look at the Buried Sun Disc, which is the feature card for countdown, if the thing is going to take so long to actually resolve, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be A-Soul turn and A-Soul comes down in this game. It's the same as Karma. That's why my first thought when I see Countdown is, you know, it feels very late gameish. but I do know that when you release Shurima, there definitely will be support cards which make the Countdown condition go even faster. And let's look at Buried Sundays, which is the first card or the feature card for Shurima. Start of game, draw one of me if all your cards are Shuriman. Countdown 25, restore the sun disc. When an ascended ally levels up, advance me 10 rounds. And when you restore sun disc, it becomes immediately draw one of your ascendants for the rest of the game. Your level 2 ascendants are level 3. Okay, first thoughts regarding this card is, it seems very one-dimensional. You need to play a mono Shurima deck in order for buried sun disc to actually work. Because... We all know about mulliganing and drawing stuff. Okay, let me tell you guys something about Buried Sundays and the design flaw regarding this. Okay, so guys, you have to understand one thing. If you're not playing a full Shurima deck and you don't mulligan Sundays, your entire strategy just flops on the spot. There is nothing that can be done. That's what I can tell you. I do know that it's pretty too it's pretty premature for me to say anything about Sundays because the only ascended that's released is Renekton, which I will cover along with some of the cards later for the Renekton uh release. But my first thoughts when it comes to Buried Sundays is okay, you need to run a mono Shurima deck for it to work. And you're not running with mono Shurima. And you don't open this card, you don't mulligan it. Guess what's gonna happen? You need to draw into it eventually. And the later you draw into it, the lesser value it has. Because when you want you want to play on turn 1 because you want it to count down from there. If you play on turn 5, turn 6 and you're not playing Mono Shurima, this card just kind of stinks. Like no doubt you can have... Okay, so I just don't really like the design of this Buried Sundays. But you have to make it have some limitation. If not, it becomes too strong. Because the Ascended powers are really, really too strong. And really merits you playing a Mono Shurima deck. And when it comes to restore sun disc, when you restore it, you can immediately draw one of your ascendants. And don't get me wrong, I think this is very beneficial because most likely you already have Renekton, which is one of the ascendants being released. I'm pretty sure the other two ascendants that's going to be released is uh, Azir together with Nasus. Maybe even Zeref. The four of them will be released together. 
So the very likely, right, I believe this deck will be the first time where there will be three or four champions in there. I'm not very sure there's limitation, but it might be a three champion deck. That's my belief. The reason why I say that is because you want a variation on champions. Because the way I see this deck work is you need to have multiple ascendants on board to close out the game. Or you only need Renekton. So far, Renekton looks so good. Can you imagine all the ascendants being so powerful and their level up condition being so easy? And the thing is that for the rest of your game, your level 2 ascendants are level 3. Meaning that when it comes to this deck, I really like the support, set, support cards that come together. And it really makes the the fact that you have to play all Shuriman actually good. Because if you are able to get very sunny and start the game without running full Shuriman, can you imagine the shenanigans you can run together with uh, the Masya? You can run together with Bilgewater, can run together with Targon. The reason why I didn't mention the other regions is because they can't really pair well together with Shurima. I might be wrong. Somebody might create some amazing deck that changes the meta. But as of right now, we thought Sundays looks good. It really merits the entire Buried Sundays, the entire flavor of putting everything into having everything Shuriman. So let's look at the first card, Destin Poro, round start. If you level a champion, transform me into Exalted Poro. When it becomes Exalted Poro, I have three random key cards. Okay, first thought is this card is not good. First of all, Poros are never amazing. So let's totally skip on this. Okay, let's look at the next one. Esteem Herophant. Am I saying Herophant? Herophant. When I'm summoned, advance yours. Buried Sundays two rounds. Three mana, three four. Okay, the stat line is amazing. It's basically a better Badger Bear. And it really fits into Buried Sundays. So here, here's my two cents regarding this. Buried Sundays turn one. Correct. Pass, pass, pass. On turn three, it'll be 22. You summon Esteem Hero Fund, it becomes 20. Looks pretty good to me. So far, it's pretty good. And then on turn 4, you drop Renekton. And okay, everything starts to make sense now. Now that I think about it. Okay, so it's when you're playing Buried Sundays, right? Esteem Hero Fund, as of right now, has to be 3 copies together in the deck. If not, it just doesn't work. Because, okay, if you don't run any form of way to make Sundays go faster, it's gonna look like a late game deck. And we all know how late game decks work in Legends of Runeterra. They don't work because aggro mid-range just outpowers it during turn 5, turn 6 and the game is over by then. So in terms of this, Herofan together with this Sundis has to be a pair that goes together when it comes to Shurima. Or playing the pure Shuriman deck. Like I do know that there's some argument when it comes to it which means that you can run Renekton without Sundis. I know you can do that. But as for now, the Ascended Final Form is too good to not run together with Sundis. And that gets me to the, the other card, the third card, Devoted Council. Round start. If you level a champion, heal your champions and nexus too. Okay, first thought is, this card is not amazing. You first, you need a champion to level up. And next... Okay, so, okay, the thing is that it looks good. It's not going to be the type of card that you want to add in a Mono Shurima deck. The only way I see this card being played is with Soraka Tamkench. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. But Soraka Tamkench is very tight. In fact, it might just be a Shurima, Shurima Targon deck at this point. The two latest regions. Because Soraka and Devoted Council is so easy to level up together with Starspring. I can totally see Devoted Council working in those in that, in that deck. And this card has a very good stat line. 3 mana 1, 6. It can really... Oh, Devoted Council, I mean. It can blow into a lot of stuff. And that's why I really like this card. It will only potentially see play in healing decks. 
or maybe those late game decks. But the first thing that comes to mind is he has to be paired with Soraka, which might totally change the way Soraka Tamkech is played. And let's look at the next card. Golden Ambassador. 4 mana 3-2. Allegiance, draw a champion and ground it, plus 2, plus 2. Okay, you know what guys? This card alone is possibly the strongest together with this uh, uh, infographic. Okay, the thing is that combinations of Shurima has not been out. I believe some players have read Theory Crafter and all that. But on first thought, as a card design itself, Golden Ambassador is written in stars in a body form in Shurima. So far, this uh, Shurima region looks very balanced. Those cards are not extremely polarizing. I can see Golden Ambassador being played in a lot of champion heavy decks. You know, actually Shurima with Azure looks good because draw a champion and give it granite plus two plus two. Wow, this is this is actually pretty sick. With the way that the with the ascendant and everything, right? Okay, the problem about Shurima is as of now there's not no card draw. And so this Golden Ambassador might be a big one because you look at a lot of decks which rely on uh champions to win again, such as Aso, such as Twister Fate, all that. If you are able to have Golden Ambassador to draw the win condition directly from your deck and give it a plus two plus two, that's a very huge card. I might just say that Golden Ambassador might be top five when it comes to Shurima expansion, but let's just wait for all the cards to be released before we actually make a final decision. And the fifth card, Voice of the Reason. If you level a champion, allies have plus two plus zero. Okay, so here's the weird thing. Do you have to play Voice of the Reason for the effect to go on? Or it just activates the moment you have a champion that's really leveled up. So Shurima seems to me like the kind of region where you want things to level up. You want to level your champions quickly. And as of now, apart from... Okay, there's only Renekton. Okay, so we've just... Looking at Renekton on its own, I, I can tell that the level up conditions are going to be very easy for Shurima. Because there's three leveling up. Basically, you need to level up once. Oh, I mean two level up conditions. The first one is when you trigger the normal one, and the final one is where you go into the ascended form, the final form, with Sundays. And so I really believe that uh, Voice of the Reason is the type of card where I don't think it will be played. But no doubt it's a four mana body. Because Golden Ambassador is way better than Voice of the Reason. And as of now, when I look at all the Shurima cards, the two drops have not been released yet, which is a very big issue. And two drops are very pivotal in Legends of Runeterra. So I would like to say that Shurima seems to be a very champion-heavy deck, which may or may not be a good thing, because when you look at the meta trends and all that, champion-heavy decks don't really perform that well. They are a means to an end, but they're not the end. Because you look at Feast DF, Fizz is not the ending card. It's always Bubble Fish to get a Mind Melt, to get all the Nimble Poro. And we look at Twister Fate decks. No doubt Twister Fate is the main show, but without those cards that can draw, Twister Fate is just kind of meh. As well, I'll say the voice of the reason is the kind of card which is easily forgettable, but Golden Ambassador is one which should be always played. This card is so good, man. 4 mana, 3-2. It's amazing. The, 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 level, the power level of this card is pretty good because it's a very balanced stat line of 3-2 for 4 drop. With an amazing effect. And let's look at the final card that comes together with this graphic of Countdown, which is Ascendance Rise. Slow, level up all level 1 Ascended Allies. Honestly, this card is a bit too slow. But I can see it being played because imagine, okay, like the, the, remember the part where I mentioned that 
the ascendants. The, the thing about ascendants is uh, you're going to run not just two ch- ascended champions, you're going to run three, maybe even four champions in your deck. And that's the big reason why you want to have cheaper copies of Golden Ambassador along with cheaper copies of Ascendant Rise. What you want to do is dominate the board with your ascendants and then you cast Ascendant Rise one time and then you just trigger Sundays and that's game from there. Because you trigger Ascendant Rise or level up or go into Sundays and Sundays level the, levels them up. And so this looks like a very deny heavy meta from what I can tell because champion meta together with very weak followers is the kind of meta in which uh, control or combo decks will definitely see a resurgence and actually dominate the entire meta. But as of now, Ascendance Rise to me is the, my favorite card winning for Shurima. Not sure about you guys, but Ascendance Rise looks pretty busted to me. Because when I think about it, if you pair it together with 3 or 4 champions in your deck, it can be a very very strong card. And let's look at the next card that is released, or the next graphics that are released. Let me go on my comm and change a little bit. I think the next card is, yes, Renekton. This is a card where I really want to talk about. Okay, let's just skim through it and let's talk about Renekton, okay? Renekton on its own, it is a 4 mana 4 4. Overwhelm, when I challenge an enemy, Grammy plus 2 plus 1 this round. To level up, it just needs to do 12 damage. Okay, first thoughts is. What the. This is such a good champion, eh? It's not overpowered, it's not too weak. It is a good champion. It is what Twister Fate, Zoe, Aphelios. What they are. What yes. So this champion is just packing. It's so good. It is everything Shivana wants to be, but could not attain. And the fact that they release Renekton means that Shivana needs a buff. Because the way I see it, Renekton just needs to attack twice to level up. And that adds into your Sundays, making it uh maybe an 8 by then. And then here's the kicker. When you level it up, Renekton attack. Give me plus 3 plus 3 this round. It's overwhelmed. And to activate its final form, you need to restore the sun disc. Which by no means is, okay, it's not hard to fulfill. But the final form, 4 mana, 10-10, overwhelmed. When I block or attack, deal 2 to en- to enemies and the enemy nexus. Okay, okay let, me get, let me tell you something, guys. A 4 mana, 10-10, which can be fulfilled as early as turn 5, turn 6. You know what, guys? I can tell you something. Remember the part where I said it's going to be multiple champions in the deck together with Shurima? Imagine you stack multiple champions, you cast... What's the card called? Ascendant? Ascendant's Rise. And then everything trigger and all your Ascendants become the final form. That's about game from there. It, okay, this is how I can see Shurima's going to be played. It's going to be multiple champions plus three copies of Ascendant's Rise. And then the moment your opponent stacks two or three champions on the board, because of the ability to draw champions through Golden Ambassador. Oh my gosh. That is such a sick combo on its own. Renekton is so game ending, it's not even funny. Can you imagine a 4 mana 10-10? Okay, let's just say by some way you manage to get rid of it. The level up form is still there. A 4 mana 10-10. With when I block or attack due to the enemy nexus. And all enemies. Okay, it gets rid of barrier, it gets rid of spell shield, it gets rid of everything. And it's 4 mana. It's not even half. It's less than half of what Aso can do at 10 mana. And this is... Wow. Okay, I, I know that the level up condition seems tough. But the way I can see things of laying things out of playing multiple ascendants actually makes this deck or this concept very, very strong. 
That's why I would say the Renekton might possibly be the strongest champion so far. Let me sort of champions are not even released. I can just say the Renekton is the most brute force champion that I can think of. The first thing that came to my mind when I see Renekton was to pair together in Grand Plaza. But I was so wrong because the problem is that you can't run so many landmarks without the deck becoming inconsistent. And so as of now, maybe the mono Renekton or the mono Shrimp deck might be the very first deck that people start playing. And the champion spell that comes to Renekton, the reason why I say it's so strong is because Ruthless Predator give me uh, give an ally plus 2 plus 0 and an enemy vulnerable this round, which means that you can easily challenge it and get a buff. It's such a good champion spell together with Renekton, which makes this such an overall perfect package for a card. And let's look at the very first follower, which is Bloodthirster Marauder. First thought is, they can release this card, that means that they have to do something with a Noxious Red Guard, if not it looks very bad. And the next and the second card is Bakai Spare Spinner because I want to go a little bit faster. I want to talk about Aphelios. I might not be able to fit everything to this episode. So let's just talk about Shrima. So it looks, looks like I'm right. There's no pool drop that's being released together with Shrima, which is an issue on its own. Okay, I believe that the other cards being released might be the two the two mana factor. But as a not Bakai Sense Spinner with the it's a four mana five three. Play grant an enemy minus one, minus zero and vulnerable. I like that it really fits into Renekton's overall game plan of challenging and getting stronger because Sand Spinner gives it minus 1, minus 0. And then you have Ruthless Predator which gives you a plus 2, plus 0 and Vulnerable, all that. The only counter I see to Renekton is possibly Noxious with a Scorch Turf and all the destroy damage stuff. Apart from that, wow, Renekton really looks very, very good as a card. And let's look at the third card, which is a Rare's Blood Main. When it comes to this card, because it's an epic, fearsome 6 6, 7 mana 6 6, attack, give enemies minus 2 minus 0 this round. I don't think this card is that useful. It's not even going to be that strong. Because, okay, it's very likely that you'll only be running champions and Rare's Blood Main might just be forgotten, if not, never play at all. So I just skip this card. I can say it's, it's not going to be played at all. That's my initial thoughts. And the next thing is Exhaust. So they are going to make a new keyword known as Focus, which is the brand new gems. Basically, you can't play it in response to something. It has to be the first thing that you play on the stack. And when it comes to Exhaust, it also fits into Renekton, which I believe is the whole premise of playing Renekton at all. It is Focus. Give an enemy minus 2, minus 0, and vulnerable this round. It's a 1 mana. This is a big card. Is really really big because it's one mana. The thing is that now that I think about it, with Renekton being released this way, it looks like a very mid-range meta all of a sudden. In fact, the exhaust mechanic together with Renekton's ruthless predator, the vulnerable, all that. You know what it ultimately does? It makes Sodrani look like a tier four deck. Let me explain. Because when you look at Sodrani, the main thing about the deck is to frostbite. And then you run very, very situational cards of followers such as Trafarian, Glory Seeker, and Rhyme Fang Wolf. But when you look at this Shurima expansion, it is... You play value cards. Some of the cards are paired together with Necton. And then the big thing is... These cards are cheap. And, your, and, the, and the way that it really makes 
the older regions look really bad. Ruthless Predator basically is Glory Seeker in, a, in one card. Exhaust makes uh, Ash looks really bad. The, and even Bakai Sand Spinner. Such a good body, you know. It's as, it's exactly like Ash. 4 mana 5-3. It really gets to me, and, and I'm really thinking about it. The older regions, right, are really lacking, really. The new cards are just so powerful. There needs to be a balance patch, a true balance patch, not just forgetting about old cards and just, you know, forget about it. The newer cards are just so good that you can't play old decks. This can be seen in uh, uh, Aphelios. Aphelios is played more than bottom half of the champions combined. That's the ridiculous part. And so sometimes I believe that Riot should release some for the champions. Not every champion needs to be so good. In terms of design-wise, Renekton is good, but the support cards are just too powerful. It's the same problem with Twister Fate. Twister Fate is fine, but the support cards are too strong, especially with Hargon and Bilge Waters in build draw engine. And I can talk about this all day, but as of now, I can just tell you that this uh, Renekton card, together with his support cards, are really powerful. Together with... Okay, guys, you know something? Gents, the time has come for the strongest card of the entire expansion. You know, I've always been saying that Hush is super, super problematic. Shouldn't exist in the game. Should be removed, all that. But here's the kicker. Welcome to Quicksand. 3 mana burst, give an enemy minus 4, minus 0, and disable his keywords, excluding any negative keywords this round. Okay, first thoughts, this card is stupid. It's just too powerful. And it's very ambiguous because they say negative keywords. To some players, I did mention this on my stream just now. To some players, right, English might not be their first language and they might not know how this card works. But let me just tell you that Quicksand is possibly the most problematic card I've ever seen Okay, every two months it just seems to be a brand new flavor, which is harsh, then now it's quicksand. Oh, okay, no, guys. Quicksand is just busted. It is on a whole new level. Because not only are you making the creature weak, you're giving it. You're disabling all its keywords. You're making it not elusive, you're making it not challenger, you're not making it anything. I, I do get it that you want to release together a Renekton because it fits into the into the entire champion design and all that. But quicksand is come on man It's everything that Hush ever wanted to be But worse I have very mixed thoughts when it comes to this card because I can tell you that the moment March hits right quicksand is going to be the card that defines the meta together with Hush And can you imagine a meta with Hush or Quicksand and you're either playing Targon or you're playing Shurima That feels very bad for creativity of players who just want to make a well, just want to make a couple of fun decks to play because quicksand is anti-fun okay no doubt you you disable all his keywords I know some combo decks you can run okay you know what guys it doesn't run out you know why because you quicksand let's say you're playing Taric you want to play a combo deck you know you want to be the big Riven player you know you stack your blade of the exile you buff 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 buff, buff. and the next one your opponent does that you remove the keywords I'm pretty sure quick attack it's a keyword. You remove quick attack, remove overwhelm, you remove everything. No doubt the buffs are huge. And then you you remove the overwhelm and you make the Riven look like a, look like a joke. 
You get what I mean? You can't run combo decks with quicksand. And let's say in the tournament setting, it's either you're bring, you're going to bring a Shurima deck, you're going to bring a Targon deck. Okay, you ban one deck. And then you're still open to getting quicksand or still getting exposed to Hush. So tell me, guys, how is that fun? Tell me. Quicksand is... Ridiculous. Hush is just silence, right? But quicksand is you remove the keywords. Combo decks are basically dead. There's no room for you to have fun anymore. You can't make fun decks. The only way you have fun is to win. And that means you have to play meta decks or things that are try-hard in nature. And that's why I'm so puzzled when I see quicksand. You're removing keywords and making it minus 4, minus 0. You might as well just say silence. Yes. You might as well just call it a silence. You might just call it hush in Shurima. I'm going to tell you there's going to be a hot fix. It's going to become 4 mana real soon. Or even 5. Even then, it's still going to be very powerful. And the next card, right of Dominance. Kill an ally or destroy one of your mana gems to give all enemies minus 2, minus 0. Destroy. Okay, this card is huge. I don't know why. The moment you hit Renekton on the board and you have multiple champions on the board, you cast one right of Dominance. Okay, GG. Your opponent can't kill you anymore. There is possibly no comeback when you play right of Dominance. You don't know why? Because a lot of decks need to go white, they need to buff everything up. And you just cast Right of Dominance once. And you shut down basically their OTK Lift Water. This is possibly the only card that can answer the onslaught of a Feast TF when they do not play My Melt. And so I believe that Right of Passage is actually Right of Dominance is actually pretty okay. And the next side is unworthy. Give an enemy follower minus four minus zero this round. If you have fewer mana gems, then your opponent kill it instead. I am a bit on the fence when it comes to this card because it really pairs together Right of Dominance well, but Right of Dominance as a card might not be played in 3 copies. It might be played 2, then Unworthy also might be... Okay, you know what? I, I have a feeling that they will release small cards to destroy mana gems in the near future. So, as of right now, Unworthy is have a, has a very good design and it's something which really... Okay, I think Unworthy is pretty good, but Quicksand takes the cake. Quicksand is number 1, followed with Bakai Sand Spinner. These two cards is together reluctant is the core of the deck. Exhaust maybe one or two copies. But Exhaust is just so good. And finally, let's talk about Demacia's favorite card. In fact, I'm very hyped when it comes to this Demacia champion, known as Javan 4. I don't think this champion is that powerful or that amazing or great at all. But I like the way that it really fits into the champion design when it comes to League of Legends. So let's look at Javan 4. It is a 6 mana 5 tree. When you attack, play my cause to summon me challenging the strongest enemy. Allies have survived 4 plus strikes from enemy blockers to level up. When I first look at this card, it's actually not bad. Reason being is, you can go into combat phase without, 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 without summoning it. Basically, if you are turn 6 with priority and you attack, you just drop Javan in barrier, you challenge it, and Javan basically gets rid of the biggest threat on your opponent's side. A lot of players say this card is trash, but I can tell you that Javan 4 is actually pretty strong. And I'll say it's one of the best design champions in the game. It is not overpowered. It is good. It is balanced. It is everything Garen wants to be. The fact that it comes with barrier. And, okay. Another big issue is that the Masa is so predictable, and this adds on a whole new layer to the Masa as a predictable deck. You know why? Let me tell you why. It's very simple. Turn 6, open attack. Your opponent knows they're going to just drop Jabba from your hand. 
you get barrier all that okay no doubt it's okay but the level of condition thing right allies have survived four plus strikes from enemy blocks i'm not very sure whether jabba needs to be on board for the effect to carry on to level up but so this i don't think it requires it's a in-game kind of thing which it just stacks and the level up version when you attack pay my cost to summon me challenging strongest enemy and then round start create a fleeting cataclysm in your hand when i challenge an enemy give me barrier this round the level of javan is the big reason why you want to play javan because Cataclysm on its own is single combat plus rally together. And can you imagine this card in Fioration? This is the first thing that comes to my mind. You remove Fiora and you play Jarvan. And to add in the fact that Fioration is pretty oppressive as a deck, it beats almost everything on the meta. And together with Cataclysm, right, it gives you single combat and the ability to create a combat phase during your turn. And Jarvan 4 makes Garen level up look so bad. Because... Javel 4 is barrier, it can challenge, it can do everything that Garen needs with Grand Plaza, all in one card. That's why I keep saying that the, the newer champions just seem to outshine the older champions. That's why I believe that Riot really needs to rebalance the game again, because if not everyone's just going to play the new cards, and it's going to be another Hearthstone all over again, or even Yu-Gi-Oh! Those older cards usually nobody play at all. People just play a new shiny object, the brand new shiny object. And let's look at the other cards being released. One mana, Penitent Squire. When I'm summoned, if you behold an elite, create a tattered barrier, better banner in hand. Burst. One mana. The next time you summon an ally this round, Granite Challenger. Okay. Goodbye, Sitia. Because Penitent Squire is actually pretty huge. And I don't really get the whole thing in Tattered Banner, because you know why. You already have Grand Plaza in your deck. Most likely, when you're playing the Master. And you have Tether Banner. Okay, no doubt, you can don't play Grand Plaza. Because the next card is Battlefield Prowess. Slow. Grant an ally, plus one, plus one. Okay, this card is garbage. Okay, let's move to the next one. Honored Lord. The first time I challenged an enemy, gave me barrier this round. It actually pairs very well together with Tether Banner. It is Bright Steel Protector in one. And this is actually... A very strong card. I would say for 2 drop, it's a very good stat line. 2 mana, 3, 2. Amazing. Next card. 4 mana, Golden Aegis. Slow. Give an ally barrier this round, Rally. Okay, this whole, this whole Javan thing right, is to surprise your opponent with rallies during their turn. And that's why I would say that this Javan champion right, really outshines a lot of the older Damasa champions apart from... You know what? It outshines every Damasa champion apart from Queen. And Lucian. I think Javan 4 right, can create an entire archetype on its own because of his ability to rally during your opponent turn. It's a very huge card. And you want to play in a deck right where you are able to You're able to uh Okay, what's that what's the term called? You're able to have okay, basically it fits with the master playstyle of bot pressure, and then you go in EGs and you drop Javan from hand. And then that's GG already. Because you rally, and let's just say you have six mana spare. Boom. That's game from there. Because imagine you drop a Javan and just nice you level it up on the turn and then you go into your turn with another Cataclysm and slow. <laughs> Sorry. You go into a combat phase, you clear everything, you play another Cataclysm, your opponent want to respond and then you just go ham and that's, that's GG from there. That's why I say that Javan, I know a lot of players say that Javan is not great but as of what I just explained, right, it can look as a very solid tier 1 deck and when paired together with Russian, it looks so amazing. 
it might be the resurgence of some ASO deck. Because I can imagine Dragon's Pet together with Jarvan, it might look very strong. Because you can play a lot of early game minions, and then you have Jarvan to come down during the mid game to quickly close it out. In fact, Scouts together with Jarvan might be a huge thing. I can see Jarvan paired together with uh, Misfortune together. Or maybe it'll be a 3-2-1. Basically, 3 Misfortune, 2 Queen, and 1 Jarvan. I might be wrong, but Scouts as a whole with Jarvan also looks not too bad. Because the thing about Scouts is that you can play Relentless Pursuit during your opponent's turn, and then you have Jarvan come down swinging and smashing everything. So that's my 2 cents. And then next card, Gallant Rider. The first time I challenge an enemy, transfer, transform me into Vanguard Calvary. So far, everything is shaping up pretty good because Penitent Squire, together with Honored Lord and Gallant Rider, actually makes it very good. Okay, you know what? I I, I just gonna say Grand Plaza is the card that will define the Master again. Because as of everything, requires Challenger. And most likely, you wouldn't want to spare one mana burst spell to drop Honored Lord or Gallant Rider. Because it transforms into Vanguard Calvary. Wow, that is huge, man. It becomes a 5 drop immediately. It looks pretty damn good, I would say. But the champions there all have the challenger. Okay, the thing is that, right? They don't fit well together with Jarvan. It's a totally different dimension of playstyles, really. Because when it comes to Jarvan, right? You want to play as a surprise kind of thing. But then when you look at the other champions or the other followers with the Damasa release, they just stand alone. They, they make the Masa even better. Whereas Javan is just an added layer to an existing archetype. So the followers and the champions don't really mix well together. You get what I mean? Gallant Rider is very strong, you know. It's way stronger than a lot of the existing 4 drops in the game. It's 4 mana 4 4. It becomes a Vanguard Calvary, a 5 5 eh, with armor. And I'll say that as of now, right, the way I see it, Gallant Rider is the strongest the Masia card coming out from this expansion. And let's look at the final card, which is King Javan Tree. It comes with tough. When I'm summoned, draw Javan 4. If it's ready and play, instead grant allies challenger and scout this round. When it comes to King Javan Tree, it also doesn't feed Javan. I don't really have a very good impression of King Javan Tree at all. When I'm summoned, draw Javan 4. If it's ready and play, instead give allies challenger and scout this round. Okay, the first thing that comes to mind is if you really have Java about you play Javan tree, you get scouts. Okay, you can trigger Javan to challenge something and then you get barrier with the leveled up Javan. That looks pretty neat at all. Okay, you know what? I'm I might see King Javan tree to get this entire Javan thing being played together. It might become tier one because of the way mid-range jacks usually dominate things. That's why I would say that, okay. My prediction when it comes to the start of the meta is that there's going to be a lot of Javan experimentation together with uh, the pure Shurima deck. Because as it stands, Renekton is just too good. And I can't wait for the rest of the uh, Ascended Champions to be released together. And actually, that's my review for today. I want to talk about Philios, but I might be overrun a bit too long because I don't want my podcast to actually be too long because usually around 30 minutes max is where the players start to get, or when the people who listen start to get a little bit tired already unless they are exercising while listening or you're in your bunk listening because I know a couple of you guys are in NS and so that's all I have for today's episode once again thank you guys for listening and I'll probably see you guys next week for the next episode this episode will also be about Shurima the new expansion the new cards and so do keep a lookout for that and that's all I have for today enjoy your week guys and that's game
Thank you.